0: Welcome. Welcome to Mornings with God, where I share what God is teaching me with you. If this is your first time uh, joining one of my live broadcasts, my name is Chantel Anderson with Confidently His. And what it means to be confidently his is to live a life of power, passion and impact with God. And this is one of the ways that I help you do this by these live broadcasts. Now, I'm super excited to be back. I took a little bit of a break. We've been doing these for a long time and for all year, really, uh, almost every weekday all year. And so needed a little break for a few weeks, but I'm super excited to be back and sharing the scriptures with you, sharing what God is teaching me, uh, sharing where I have been at and the things that I've been meditating on and things like that. So Very, very excited to have you, and thanks for tuning in. So today, we are going to talk about what is this even all about, and (laughs) that's kind of a broad, random question, and so I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into what that means, what do I mean, what are we going to talk about today And it all starts with a conference that I just went to. For the last six days, I was in Paris, France, and it was absolutely amazing. The church I go to is called the International Christian Church, and we have churches all over the world, but we are all part of the same family. So our goal is to be like the church in Acts. And so when I went to France, it was for a European missions conference, which we have different regional missions conferences all over the world every year. Well, COVID kind of throws off a little bit, but <laughs> we're back. And so this was the European Missions Conference. So there were churches represented from France, UK, Sweden, Amsterdam. There were people from Ukraine, Russia, South Africa, all different places, people came to this European Missions Conference to, to celebrate Jesus, to celebrate God, to celebrate evangelizing the world, to send out a mission team to Scotland. It was absolutely amazing. And I was really excited because during this conference, I got to hear messages about loving God more and evangelizing the world and being free in Christ and then helping other people gain their freedom in God and all of those things. And so I want to share over the next few weeks, I'm going to be sharing some of the things that I was able to learn and take away from that conference that I was just at. The first thing that has really been echoing in my mind over and over and over again since I got home from the conference, and really since I heard it, was from a sermon by Colby Gray. And I don't honestly remember what the sermon was called, but I remember this one statement. He said, it's not about you. And (laughs) that's that's just what he said. He said, it's not about you. It's not about me. Colby was sent out to plant the Scotland mission team with his wife, Rebecca, and they he was talking about the things that he learned in London when leading a region of the London church. And one of the biggest lessons he said he learned was that it's not about him. And so he was telling us it's not about him and it's not about us. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about about me. And it reminds me of the scripture in Colossians 1 verse 16. Let's go there. Colossians 1 verse 16. I don't know if anyone like go eat popcorn. I don't know if you guys ever... (laughs) say that, but every time I go to like Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, I'm always like, go eat popcorn. <laughs> I can tell that I've been using my Bible app too much because it's, <laughs> it took me way too long to flip to Colossians. But anyway, I got to get back to using the paper Bible. A lot of times when I go to conferences, I use my Bible app because they go to the scripture so fast and they preach so fast that It's just easier to scroll. So getting back and coming back, getting back to using my paper Bible. Anyway, Colossians 1 verse 16, it says, For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. That's Colossians 1 16. And I absolutely love this because this is a purpose scripture. The definition of purpose is why something is created. Why is something here? Why does that thing exist? And so this tells us right here, we were all created in God through God and for God, right? That is why we exist. And so us living any other way Is living out of our purpose. We all have the same purpose, and that is to exist in God, to live through God, and to live for God. Even if you don't believe in God, (laughs) even if you don't love God yet, even if you don't follow God yet, you still have that same purpose. And to be honest, I knew this before the conference. I know this, and I knew this. But here's the thing. Common knowledge isn't always common practice. So when Colby said, it's not about you, it basically punched me in the face. (laughs) And I thought, wow, it's not about me. That means it's not about my fear. It's not about my feelings. It's not about what people think. It's not about what I think is best. It's not about my comfort. Ultimately, It's not about what I want, it's what God wants. And this really struck me in the face because I was just like, oh my gosh, I feel like in some ways I had been living this out. Like, okay, God, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go on a daily basis, just let me know. I'm going to do it. I'm going by the Bible. I'm really working to do the things that God is calling me to do for sure. But if I'm being honest, there were certain things that I'm just like, okay, God, I had been making it too much about my fear. What if this happens? What if this happens? What if I you ask me to go here? What if you call me to say this? I had been making it too much about my fear. I had been making it too much about my feelings. God, I don't feel like making content right now. I don't feel like preaching. I don't feel like getting up and doing this. I don't feel like making this call. I don't feel like loving this person. That's hard to love. I had been making it too much about my feelings and less about God. I had been making it, if I'm honest, too much about what other people think. Now, usually, (laughs) I don't care what a lot of people think. I'm just, that is something that God has blessed me with. I think it comes from being raised, kind of growing up in the public eye as far as basketball. I had to, especially in high school and college when I started getting good at basketball. I had to realize that I couldn't care about what people thought because there were always people watching me and evaluating me and criticizing me and talking about me, whether it was to my face or behind my back, right? And so I had to really learn and develop this thick skin as far as, no, I don't care what you think. If I don't know you and you don't really impact my life in a certain way, I can't really care what you think. And so I'm blessed with that, right? But there are certain people or certain situations where I had let distract me and where I had really started to care what certain people thought about how I was living my calling, about the type of person I was, about what I was doing, about what I was called to do and be for God. And that had really thrown me off track. And honestly, that is part of the reason why I had to take a break because you guys know this. I've been doing mornings with God all year. And I've always said if the life I'm living privately doesn't match the life I'm living publicly, then I'm not doing it. I'm not going to live the life publicly. And it's not like I was over here, you know, turning up in some kind of gross sin over here. Well, all sin is gross, but, you know, I didn't completely leave the path or anything, but it's just the fact that if I am not living this wholehearted devotion that I am preaching about, or I'm not focused on God The bottom line is your intimacy with God has to come first before the proclamation about God. And so for me, I had let these things, I had let my fear and my feelings and my opinion about other people's opinions and my feelings about other people's opinions and my comfort of being liked by other people. I had let that get in the way of my focus on God. And so I had to be like, okay, you're right. That's why when I went to the conference and Colby said, it's not about you, I had to be like, oh my gosh, you're so right. I had been making it too much about me. And that's not what it's about. It's about God. I've been studying out the book of Acts lately and very much struck by Paul's example. Today, I read Acts. I I believe it's Acts 23 I don't know. I've been reading 22, 23, 24. And so in Paul's story, God took Paul away right after he was baptized to protect him from the Jews, from the religious people, because Paul had been persecuting them. He had been um, basically opposing them. And so he was like, yo, if you send me right back to them, they're going to kill me. And so God said, okay, that's fine. I'm going to send you far away to the Gentiles. But as we follow Paul's evangelistic journey, he does go to the Gentiles. He preaches to the Gentiles, but then God sent him back to the Jews. He sent him back to the religious people and he sent him back because of his gifts and the experiences that God had allowed Paul to have in the world. And Paul went. Now I can imagine this would have been so scary in Acts 21 verse 13. Let's go there. This is bananas. When I read this, I was like, what? Not that I haven't read it before, obviously, but I was just really convicted. Actually, we're going to start in Acts 21, verse 10. It says, After we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it, and said, The Holy Spirit says, In this way, the Jewish leaders of Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. When he heard this, we... And the people there pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. When he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done oh my gosh, y'all, I was so convicted. I read this and I was convicted because I said, can I do this? I'm letting fear and comfort and what people think of me get in the way of, in some ways, what God has called me to do. But Paul is sitting here saying like, y'all, get out of my way. I'm willing to die for this cause. In Philippians 1, verse 21, Paul again says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I had to look in the mirror and say, do I believe that right now. Now I say it and I do believe I believe that, but am I currently living that out? Because your belief means nothing if you're not actually doing it. Faith without works is dead. So you can say you believe all day, but if you're not actually living that out, then there's some holes in that faith that you say you have. And so I had to look in the mirror and say, "Okay, Chantel, how much do you really believe this? Paul went back to Jerusalem where God was sending him because his life wasn't about him. His life was only about God and getting more people to God. That's it. That's all. And so for me and for us here, we got to ask ourselves, what is standing in the way of my life being about God, my life being about God and only God and the people that I am bringing to him? I think of Esther when she was called. Let's go to Esther four, verse nine through 15. And it says Hathak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, all the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has but one law that they be put to death unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. So basically putting this in context, the king has commanded that all the Jews be killed and Esther and Mordecai (laughs) are both Jews. Now, Esther is in the royal palace. She is the queen. So she is in a position to impact this decision. And so Mordecai calls her to go to the king and to use her position and power to save her people. And this was her response. She's like, I'm going to die. The king has not brought me in front of him. You're asking me to break the law to, to risk my life here. And so continuing on in verse 12, it says, When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. Oh, look at Mordecai's faith. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Mordecai calls her out. He calls her to a greater level of faith. He calls her to imitate his faith that a savior will come for the Jews in this way at this time. But also he calls her to live out her calling. He's like, hey, maybe God put you there so that you could save your people. I absolutely love that. Something just came to my mind, like, do we have people in our lives that are willing to call us to a greater level of faith that are willing to call us out if we are not living out our calling? I know I personally do. So I, I love that. And we have to have those people around us. But continuing in verse 15, it says, then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king even though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish." So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. I love this passage. This is complete surrender by Esther. She goes from a compromising in her faith to faithful in God. And we see here, she has the same attitude as Paul does. She's like, I'm willing to go live out my calling. And if I perish, I perish. Esther had the same mindset because the call and the people attached to the call were more important than her life. She loved the people that she was going to save more than her own life. She loved Mordecai and her family more than her own life. She loved God more than her own life. And that is what we're being called to. I think of Romans 12, 1, because this doesn't necessarily mean a physical death. It can mean a physical death, but more often it is a spiritual death to self. Romans 12, let Let's go there. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Here we see that God isn't necessarily calling us to a physical death, but a spiritual death to die daily and offer our bodies. As a living sacrifice. Luke 9, verse 23 through 24, it talks about taking up your cross and giving up your life. Not one time. Jesus went to the cross one time, but during his life on earth, he went to the cross every single day and denying himself. And he calls us to do the same. Not to take up our cross and give up our lives one time, but to do it daily, to follow his example and to take up our cross and go to the cross every single day as we're living for him. And so as I have been living my life and reading and studying out and continuing to remember Colby's statement about the fact that it's not about me, that it's not about us, I've been asking myself, okay, how can I make my life more about God? and less about me. What fears have I been letting get in the way? What feelings have I been letting get in the way of me making this about God? What opinions do I need to give up in order to make this all about God? That is something I've been asking myself consistently because again, I keep replaying that statement. It's not about me. It's not about me, it's about God. It's about what has God has called me to do. And so I would encourage you to ask yourself that same question. What has God put on your heart to do for him that you've been running from because of your fear? What has God given you the talent to do that you've been running from because of your fear and your feelings and your sentimentality and your, your worry about other people and what they think? What has God put in front of you to do that you could be chasing instead of running from? That is the question that we need to ask ourselves in order to have the mindset of John. When he says in John three 30, he Must become greater and I must become less. Now, John was all about preaching and teaching people, but when Jesus got on the scene, he said, Oh, this is not my time. I must become less. He needs to become greater. And so, when we decide to live this life for God, that is something that we absolutely need to adopt. That is a mindset that we buy into. It's like, okay, God, I'm going to live for you. You must become greater. And I must become less in my daily life, in my fears, in my feelings, in my opinions, in my sentimentality, in my comforts. You must become greater and I must become less. Why? Because it's not about me. (laughs) It's about you, right? And so I want to just encourage you to adopt this mindset and to ask yourself, you know, have I been making this about me? And if so, in what ways? And how can I change that? How can I pray about it? How can I read scriptures in that area? I'll tell you one thing that I really realized in my quiet time today is there is a fear of being persecuted like Paul was. You know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, Chantel. Okay, God has called you to live in the public forum. God has called you to preach the word in the public forum. Are you okay being persecuted in the public forum? You know, that is one thing. That is one cost that we have to count. If we are called to preach online or preach in person, in public, do we really want the consequences of that? Are we willing to be persecuted like Paul was? He was... (laughs) He was threatened to be killed. At one point, there was like 40 people that said, we're not going to, more than 40 people that said, we're not going to eat or drink until we kill Paul. What? What? (laughs) That's crazy persecution. And of course, Jesus is the ultimate example because he was murdered. He was crucified for speaking the truth. And so we're going to be like Jesus and we're going to follow him. Then that is going to be an aspect of our lives that we have to that we have to embrace. But again, some people's persecution is going to look different than others. And so if you are one that is called to speak in the public forum, then we do have to ask ourselves, am I willing to be persecuted in the public forum on a greater scale? And I had to admit to myself, wow, there's been some fear. There's been some fear there that I have to just look in the face and chase. (laughs) So amen, I'm happy to be back, happy to be embracing this. And I hope that this message has called you higher as well. Super excited to continue these mornings with God to get back on a regular routine. Thank you for tuning in, for jumping right back in with me. I will see you again next time. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. Bye.